We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap looking left. Now over the middle. He pump picks. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paula. Merry Christmas. I know it's a day later, a couple days later. Happy New Year. That's still coming. Our best wishes to you out there in Rams Nation. I'm with today Norm Hightower, the man, the myth, the legend, and we are here to talk about the Rams, the 49ers, and the playoffs. But first, what we want to also do is ask you, please head on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Remember, once we get 100 of those things, we're going to go out there and send a $50 gift card to the NFLshop.com to a lucky winner. 
Please follow the rules on that. You can follow the rules on our website. Also, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iHeartRadio and Google Play. Oh, and SoundCloud. Don't forget that SoundCloud. Okay, so, Norm, you you had to miss the last podcast. Can you please let us know your thoughts on the Rams' victory over the Titans? Oh, it was an exciting time for me to see the Rams win the NFC West Championship. It's been a long time coming, and it was pretty emotional. I uh, I was in the middle of a move from uh, the state of Oregon to the state of Minnesota, driving through Wyoming in an ice storm, trying to you know keep the game on the radio so I could hear everything. And it was exciting and stressful, and I haven't had a chance to actually watch the game yet, but uh, it didn't sound like the... The game went as well as we would have liked to have gone, but the result's still the same. We got the win, and we got the championship, and I'm just thrilled to death over it. Well, you've been there and done that, though. You've seen this team over the years. I I can tell you that on the podcast that I had to do alone because you weren't there on Sunday night, it was a different feeling for me. It was a different feeling because at this point where we are in the season, I expect lots of good things from them, and I had a hard time. I, I felt emotional. I had a hard time really allowing this to sink in because I expected them to go in there and beat up on the Titans. And the Titans gave them problems. I knew they would give them some problems. I didn't know it would be a down-the-wire game that it was. So, so 27-23, I thought I had called 27-17. I thought that it would be something the Rams would just kind of put away a bit earlier. And that's not what happened. So it, I guess it's a difference now. You can see it from beginning of the year to now. The expectations change, and now... The emotions that go with, holy crap, we've won 11 games, we won the division. I was in the mode of critiquing this team at the end of the game. I was in the mode of, of really kind of digging out the problems, the good and the bad. And now here we are a couple of days later, and it's sinking in. 11-4, and four, they're going to host a home playoff game. Holy crap, man. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I, I'm kind of glad they struggled a little bit because they, they rolled over Seattle like Seattle wasn't even there. And if they would have gone into Tennessee and rolled over them, I'm afraid they might have taken their playoff round for granted. But since they struggled and still have some things to work on, I think that's actually better for them. And it seems like when they've struggled one week, they come back and have a stronger week the next week. So, you know, I hope they grow from it and learn from it. And I wasn't too disappointed because they won. If they would have lost, you and I would be having a totally different conversation right now. But they did win. There were parts of the game that looked real promising there were some weaknesses exposed that, you know, the Rams can work on and grow from. And uh, overall, I'm thrilled with the, the result just because they won. And I'm excited to see who we're going to face in the playoffs. Well, let's talk about that. Let's go through that real quick. We're going to focus on three games when talking about the playoff picture. We're going to assume that the Saints are going to beat the Bucks. okay? That's, that's a clear matchup one way. Yes, there could be an upset. But we're going to, in this scenario, assume the Saints beat the Bucks. That leads us down to three games. That's the Rams and the 49ers, the Falcons and the Panthers, and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, in the scenario where all three home teams win, the Rams would play the Falcons, third seed to sixth seed, and the fourth and fifth seeds would be the Saints and the Panthers. Now, here's where things change. Let's just say the Panthers beat the Falcons. Now, it changes. If Seattle wins the Rams win, and the Panthers win. Now the Rams will play the Seahawks as the sixth seed. So the Rams will be three, the Seahawks will be six. Okay, now let's go back and let's say the Rams lose this game. Okay, so in this scenario, the Rams 
lose, the Falcons lose, and the Seahawks win. In this scenario, the Rams would be the four seed playing the Panthers as the fifth seed. The third seed would be the Saints, and they would host Seattle. Okay, one more. One more. Okay. Now, let's say the 49ers win, the Panthers win, and the Cardinals win. So now in that scenario, it would say the same. But the, the Rams would play the Panthers, four and five, and the Saints would host the Falcons. So there are, those are our scenarios. Did I miss any? I don't think so. Well, there is also the scenario that the Falcons win over the Panthers, the Cardinals beat the, beat the, um, beat the Seahawks, and the 49ers beat the Rams. Okay, in that case, it stays pretty much the same for the Rams. They're going to have Carolina as a four seed against, uh, and they'll be the five, the Panthers will be the five. And the three six game will be the Saints and the Falcons. So right now for the Rams, it comes down to will they play either the Panthers, the Falcons, or even the Seahawks game. I'm not sure how I feel about having a Seahawks rematch after they beat the holy crap out of them just a couple of weeks ago. How are you feeling about that scenario? Well, I'm not worried as much about Seattle as I am about Carolina and Atlanta. So I think the Panthers are the team that we really need to watch out for. Atlanta's, I mean, Atlanta went to the Super Bowl last year. They have a lot of the same staff. They obviously can get hot and play very well. So that's one of the reasons I worry about them. Carolina is one of those teams where you just never know, and they're tough on defense, and then you got Cam Newton to throw in there. So I'm not sure I'd be real excited about that one. I'd rather face the Seahawks because we know them. And they know us. Well, they know us, but we know them. And, you know, I again, I'm going to reiterate, I think we're a better team than they are, and we proved that last week. And they have still have a lot of injury issues that – uh, seem to affect them, and Todd Gurley right now is really hot. So I think he's the key to beating them. And so the Seahawks wouldn't worry me as much. I, I think I'd be more worried about Cam Newton in Carolina and Matt Ryan in Atlanta. All right, just coming in off Twitter, ESPN's Alton Gonzalez reporting that Rams coach Sean Mufay told the media in Thousand Oaks, I guess this is during his press conference, that he will probably rest his starters for the season finale against the 49ers. Getting guys healthy is more important than a three or four seed, McVay said. That's per Olden Gonzalez of ESPN LA. So I guess there's our answer right there. Yep. To, uh, so we're probably going to look at a four seed then. <laughs> so let's look at our scenarios again. Let's go back to them here. Right now, if we're going to count the 49ers as winning, we'll, we'll say, uh, and that's not saying for sure they will win, but they probably will with seeing our starters, they'll probably win. You're going to see the Seahawks. Let's say the Seahawks beat the Cardinals and the Panthers beat the Falcons. It'll be the Panthers in the wild card game. If the Falcons win and the Seahawks win, it's the Panthers. If the Falcons win and the Cardinals win, it's the Panthers. So it's pretty much the Panthers in our scenario, unless, of course, the Buccaneers upset the, the Saints. In that case, if the Bucks upset the Saints, now things change, and we could potentially see the Rams back as a, as a three seed against the Falcons or the Saints even. So, so but right now the odds are looking really, really good for the Panthers if the Rams are resting their starters. We, I guess we really want to root for Tampa Bay then, huh? I think so. I think the Rams match up better with the Saints. I think that their secondary will... I kind of disagree with you a bit on the Panthers. They have been a hot team, but they really it's, it's been Cam Newton's been hot. And if you can shut him down some, if you can get to him, 
then you can stop the rest of that Panther offense. So, you know, I'm not as worried about the Panthers as you are. The Saints concern because, I mean, that double-headed sword of Kamara, Ingram, Drew Brees is not the guy he was. We all know that, but he's still one of the best in the league. I, you know, the Saints still concern me a bit. Well, they all those teams concern me. The least that concern me is the Seahawks, but when you go with the Panthers, you're looking at a Russell Wilson-like quarterback in Cam Newton, but he certainly doesn't like to get hit, and if the Rams can hit him, then you know I agree that the Panthers game could be a better game for us. So, all in all, if the Rams are deserving of, of being a you know NFC champion or going to the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. They got to beat whoever it is. So, I'm not really too concerned about it. I don't like the fact that they're resting the starters because we're going to that game. But, yeah, I know. But other than that. Uh, I am happy that they are resting him, and, and, you know, especially guys like Roger Saffold and and so and Mark Barron and those guys trying to get them healthy so that we can have all our our starters back in the playoffs. But you know, since we're going to that game, there was a part of me that really wanted to see the starters out there playing. But it'll still be a fun game to watch. It's a rivalry game with the 49ers, and you know, they're they're always competitive no matter who's got what record. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not a fan of, of the resting guys, but you know what? We've seen numerous starters on the offensive line get dinged up in the last couple of games. I can see why they're going to do it. And if you're going to rest the starters on the offensive line, you better rest your your playmakers too. So it's, it's man, you know who really loses? We do. <laughs> yeah. We lose. <laughs> we're heading out there. We're going, we're, we're going out there this weekend for the game, and we're going to have trivia going on. We're going to have... Uh, T-shirts and other you know, neat things to give out to, to fans, you know, just to make some connections with you guys. And guess what? We're we're going to go out there and probably I would think see a loss if if the stars aren't starting. So that's kind of a bummer, but you never know. Again, it's a Rams Four Nights rivalry, and we cannot wait to get out there, meet some of the people who can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Look for us. You'll see us wearing our Rams Talk polos. We'll have T-shirts. We'll have what are those things they call, they call those little bottle beer? What are those? Oh, I forget what they're called. The tchotchke things that, you know, yeah, that the, hold, hold cups and keep them. Yeah, they keep your beers nice and cold. Okay, so we can't wait to be out there. Man, it's a bummer they're not, they're not starting starters, though. That's a bummer. Well, we're going to walk around. We're going to walk around and tailgate, and I'm going to bring my, my GoPro, and we're going to do some filming, and, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll get everybody, you know, all the videos on the website, so. So people can see, you know, themselves being crazy at the Rams games and, you know, with the contest and everything. And then we're going to go visit Sal Martinez and get our hair cut while we're there. And it's going to be a good time. And, you know, it's New Year's weekend and, and being in, uh, <laughs> well, let's see, it's like negative seven here today with a wind chill of like minus 30 right now. So going to some 70 degree weather and wearing shorts uh, and watching a game in L.A., I'm looking forward to it. You can't beat the fact. You, you cannot beat L.A. You cannot beat the, the weather you're going to see at this time of year. You can't beat the sunshine. Moving on. While we mention Sal, the Golden Ram Barbershop out there at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California at 92683. Go give him a call, please, at 714-894-7267. He's open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday. Close on Sundays have to be close to this Rams game. His shop is the place to be, not only for a great haircut, but also it's a museum, a shrine to the Rams. Everything from jerseys to helmets to 
pictures, you name it, he's got it. Just take a look at it. Talk some Rams football. Use the promo code RAMSTALK. Again, at 714-894-7267. And if you want to sponsor us, give us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Again, it's ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Okay, no talking about the playoff picture, that answers a couple of our questions on Twitter we got was, do we rest ours or not? There are a couple other questions that I want to ask you before we get even to the preview of the 49ers, and our preview changes a little bit now that we know the stars are likely sitting. Matt Byard over there on, on Facebook asks us, what's wrong with Lance Dunbar? My answer to that is his knee. Is that right now, Norm? It's been his knee all year, right? Well, that and Malcolm Brown. Uh, Malcolm Brown's back, and he, I think he solidified that number two role when when Dunbar was out early in the season with an injury. And uh, I, I don't think they're playing him because of Malcolm Brown being back. So I'm sure his knee is, you know, part of it. And uh, But I think the biggest part of it is that Malcolm Brown is back, and, and that's probably why he's sitting out. Okay, also on Facebook, Todd Numata. He gives me a pretty long paragraph here comparing on uh, assets comparing numbers with Brady and everybody else. But his root question is, should Todd Gurley be the MVP this year? And I'm guessing you're going to want to compare it to Carson Wentz and the Eagles and so on and so forth. My answer would be yes. Guy leads the league in rushing. He's over 2,000 all-purpose yards. Great pass receiver. He basically makes his Rams offense run. Without him, they aren't in the playoffs. They're not a division champion. To me, it's cut and dry right now. Just the fact that he leads the league in rushing, let alone also getting closer and closer and closer to a 1,000 yards receiving. He won't get there, but he'll be close. What do you think? Well, I, I think when you look at an MVP candidate, you have to look at how they affected the team overall, you know, with each game and record and so forth. And I think there's an argument to be made that the Rams have made one of the greatest turnarounds from one season to the next that you may have ever seen in football. And a lot of that has to do with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley only has to gain 54 yards to be, to get the 10th best rushing season in franchise history for a Ram. He's just behind Marshall Falk from 2000. He's got 1,305 yards. Falk had 1,359. I think you have to look at that. He's also got 2,093 yards from scrimmage. Uh, he needs another 54 yards to pass Falk again from 2001. Those are some pretty impressive numbers. And then... He needs one rushing t- touchdown to, to tie Cleveland Gary for 14 in 1990 and Eric Dickerson for 14 in 1984 for the fifth most rushing touchdowns in a single season in franchise history. He needs two overall touchdowns to pass Eric Dickerson with 20 in 1983 for third on the Rams' all-time single overall touchdowns list. Those are all incredible numbers. And to look at the Rams, you know, when they played in Tennessee, they doubled more than doubled last year's scoring total for the year. So I think when you look at the kind of turnaround season that the Rams have had going from 4-12 and 12 to making the playoffs and having over 10 wins, I think that you have to look at the impact of who, who really made that happen. And, of course, it's a team effort, and, you know, Goff and McVeigh and, the defense and the new receivers and all those things have made an impact, but I don't think anybody's made more of an impact than Todd Gurley, and that's why I think he deserves it. 
Let me ask you one more question before we move on. This goes back to Sunday night. We got into a big debate on Twitter about the value of Sammy Watkins. And the argument that I made on the podcast was that Sammy Watkins has not lived up at least to my expectations in terms of performance. He only has, I think it's less than 600 yards receiving this year, eight touchdowns though. But um, the argument someone made with me was that, was that uh, Watkins is still an elite receiver. He just has to take everybody's number one corner and allowing people like Cooper Cup to eat, allowing Robert Woods to eat, and that's why his numbers are down. What do you make that argument? How valuable is Watkins? And do you think the Rams will be able to resign him or will want to resign him? And if so, I'll go to the fourth question within that question. How much do they pay him? Well, I think the good news for the Rams is that he hasn't uh, warranted, he won't be warranting, you know, a large payout next year. And I don't know that anybody else will be willing to, to do it. So that may allow them to re-sign him for less money than what he may have gotten on his own in the free free market if he just stayed in Buffalo. He brings us a deep threat, which we need. He's a big receiver and a strong receiver, which, you know, does warrant the number one corner generally. So I'm sure that that argument has some has some weight to it. I think that getting him later in the year and seeing the chemistry between Goff and him, it's been improving, but he's he hasn't solidified himself as an elite receiver with the Rams yet. But I do see that he could be that with them, especially next year. So I think the Rams will try to re-sign him. It's just can they get him for the right price, and will he be willing to sign for that? And none of us are going to know that. So you know you can debate that all day long and never get the the right answer out of the deal. But I think they should re-sign him. I think he's worth it, and I think that he'll probably re-sign with the Rams next year. I think he likes playing with Robert Woods. I think he likes the potential that he can have playing with Sean McVay, and especially you know making the playoffs this year uh, has to have some weight for him as well. So I I, I think it's really a good chance that we could see Sammy Watkins in a Rams uniform again next year. Well, I believe they should. I mean, you give it a two for him. I know if you lose him, you get comps to a three. But you give it a two and a solid player in EJ Gaines. You know, I know that he had his injuries before he left, but Gaines did pretty well in Buffalo this year. So I don't know that the Rams are in a position where they would want to let him go. The number I saw tossed around was $15 million for Watkins to re-sign the – the franchise tag would be somewhere around, what, $16 million if they wanted to franchise him. That was suggested. And I'm not sure right now that he's earned that that number. How do you justify that number, um, even though you see those flashes, those flashes of being elite, so on and so forth? I'm going to look at some film on him after we get back from the 49 I'm actually going to go through and look at every one of his plays as a Ram from week one now. I'm going to look at every route. I'm going to look at every single play that he's involved in, and we're going to talk about that film because the argument that I've been getting on Twitter is that he is actually an elite receiver. My question to anybody, though, would be this. The best receivers in the league, you're talking Julio Jones, A.J. Green, it doesn't matter if they get an opposing team's number one corner. They still find a way to get theirs. They are still good for 100 yards most games. They're still good for a touchdown or more every couple games. So to me, I don't I don't know if I can go with that. The other argument used was Goff is just reading his, his first read and his second read right now as as a young starter. But still, 
elite receivers make plays, get lots of catches, and they find a way to make those plays against number ones. They make a starting quarterback better. And I think we could argue when it comes to Jared Goff, what's made Goff better this year in a lot of ways is being Gurley, not necessarily his receivers. You know, having Gurley that has his kick out, has a safety net, is a big, big help for him. I don't know what you think about that. Well, I, I'll say this. He's he's worth that much money, a hell of a lot more than Tavon Austin's worth what he is being paid. So That's a good point. So, you know, do the Rams cut Austin and make salary cap room by doing so to keep Watkins on board? That would be number one. Number two, they haven't had a lot of time together. And if you look at Watkins, if you look at Cooper Cup, if you look at Robert Woods and those guys, they there is really no number one receiver on our team. If if you wanted to make an argument, you could say that Robert Woods is that guy. But Cooper Cup's got a ton of catches. Robert Woods has got a ton of catches. Sammy Watkins doesn't have a ton of catches, but he's got quite a few touchdowns. So I think it's the quality of all the receivers overall that's really hurt Sammy Watkins. I mean, if you look at Julio Jones, who plays with Julio Jones on the other side? I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So. But... You've got three quality. He's still a number one receiver. I, I know. And that. AJ Green too. AJ Green still had quality guys on the other side. But is there more balance in this Rams offense? Yes, and, there is more balance. And I think much more balance. And I think that's part of the argument that you have to use is that there's a lot of balance there, and Goff has a lot of targets to throw to, and therefore Watkins hasn't been getting as many catches. But I don't know that any of the receivers on the team are as big a deep threat as Sammy Watkins, and we really need to have that on our team. And so, you know, he probably is worth more than what we will want to pay him in that respect. I just, I think he's too important part of this team to let him go. And, you know, like you said, giving up a number two and EJ gains for him, I really think that we have to make an effort to keep him around, but we can't over we can't overpay by too much. And I think a way that they handle that is, you know, Tavon Austin's been a great decoy for us this year, but what else has he really done? He really hasn't done anything. Well, the Rams will tell you differently, according to Sean McVay. His push comments last week, he said, you know, the Rams use, you know, everything. He deserves much more credit than he's gotten. But here's another thought, too, about Watkins is, is do the Rams franchise and pay the money now as a one-year earn-your-contract kind of thing? You pay him good this one year, earn your long-term contract. Do you do that? Is that, you know, that's what one person suggested to us on Twitter. I think it was Bill's Reality, at Bill's Reality was his name, who suggested that. And to me, that's that's not a bad idea if you have the room in under the cap to do it, because you're not going to, you can't you can't franchise Tremaine again. you got to do something with him. Um, you got to do something with Aaron Donald and so on and so forth. So where do you find the money to make all these moves? Well, again, you know, if I were Coach McVay, I'd say a lot of good things about Tavon Austin, too, just to get somebody interested in maybe taking him next year. <laughs> so uh, I don't know that franchise tagging him is a good idea or not. I don't know that we should use a franchise tag at all with our current financial situation, and it's hard to know what that is exactly. And we're certainly not sitting there in in uh, Kevin Demos' shoes to know, you know, exactly where that is. But... You know, you're right. They do have to sign. If they're going to keep true, they're going to have to sign him, and he's going to—he's not going to warrant uh, franchise tag type money. So, you know, is he going to be here or not next year? That's a—that's a big question. Aaron Donald obviously is going to require a lot of money, and I think the Rams would be stupid if they didn't figure out a way to sign him. 
So it does leave it does leave it to question on you know how can can we sign Sammy Watkins and keep him on board, and a franchise tag may be the only way we can do that. So it's going to be tricky, and and I don't really know if there's an answer for it right now. And I think the playoffs are going to tell the tale too, because if Sammy Watkins goes in and has you know a great game or two in the playoffs and and helps us get a win, that's going to change of you know the view for a lot of people. So. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see where this goes and and get better educated on it before we can make that decision. Well, there's one thing, too, and that is the Rams salary cap. We don't, like you mentioned, we don't know a whole lot about what's going on with the with the way the money's going to move. We do know this. Right now, the Rams have about $51 million in salary cap space for the offseason. That's pretty stinking good, but we're not thinking about what we are thinking. We're not counting yet what's going to happen with Aaron Donald. We're not ha- we don't know what's going to happen with... Tremaine, and if we lose Tremaine, who do you, who do you will get to replace him? Again, draft picks are limited with no second rounder this year. So, you know, those things are out there. There is one more thing, too. and The Rams posted the future opponent schedule today. And check out this home schedule for next year. This is just home. At home next year, they'll play the Packers, the Vikings, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. So of their eight home games, six of them are playoff teams, and one more of them probably would have been a playoff team had Aaron Rodgers gone down. Yeah. That is a brutal home schedule next year. On the road. On the road. They have the Bears, who are improving, the Lions, the Broncos, the Raiders. It looks like it will be either the Saints or or the Panthers, the 49ers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. Next year's schedule is brutal. Brutal. Yeah, it does sound that way. The Rams can't just resign players this year. They're going to have to even get better in the offseason. So we're going to have to wait and see what Kevin DeMoff does, but the, the team can't sit from 2017 2018. They're going to have to get better. They're going to have to find a way to keep their stars, and they're going to have to improve in certain areas, like at linebacker, like at nose tackle, like at corner and maybe even get a little bit of offensive line help as well. So they have some, man, I know we're partying here, and we should be. We should be partying, but if we're, if we're starting to look forward to next year and talking about resigning this person, resigning that person, 2018 has a lot of question marks, even though this team is loaded for the future. There still has some things they have to address. All right, Norm, ready to talk about the game now, finally? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we went everywhere but the game this far. We're getting getting closer you know, to the end of the podcast, and we haven't even covered this game. Well, now we know the Rams likely will not play their starters. That changes things a little bit. Let's go down the numbers real quick, and then we'll get you know, each of our takes and what we want to see from this game. Tail of the tape, the Rams enter this game, ranked number one in the league in points per game at 31. The 49ers at 19.8. That's uh, 21. Ranked 21. Total offense, the Rams are 7th. The 49ers are 12th. So they're not too bad. They're getting better. Passing offense, the Rams are 8th, 49ers 25th. That's deceiving because they've been much better than Garoppolo. The Rams are 7th in rush, 49ers are 23rd in rush. Time possession, 30 minutes and 3 seconds for the Rams, 28-42 for the 49ers. Okay, defensively, the Rams are 8th in the league, 49ers are 26th in the league tie. Total defense, the Rams are 16th, 49ers are 26th. Rush defense, the Rams are tied for 24th. Ugh. 49ers much better, 87.2. Pass defense, though, the 24th, the Rams are 6th. Rams have 48 sacks of the year. 
the 49ers at 27. Turnover differential, plus six for the Rams, minus two for the 49ers. And leading rusher, for example, here. Let's look at those. Todd Gurley, 279 carries for 1,305 yards. Carlos Hyde for the 49ers, 225, 850 yards, 3.8 average. Passing, Jared Goff, 296 complete stuff, 477 for 3,804 yards, 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions. C.J. Beathard, 123 attempts, sorry, 123 completions, 224 attempts, 1430 for yards, four touchdowns, six interceptions, but the starter will be Jimmy Garoppolo. He's 100 out of 145 for 1,268 yards, five touchdowns and three interceptions. Receiving yards, the Rams, 869 from Cooper Cup. Marquise Goodwin's been a find out there for the 49ers at 934 yards. Quick, fast guy. He'll be a guy who the Rams will have some problems with. Lean for sacks, Aaron Donald for the Rams. Uh, Elvin, Elvin Stoneville, 5.5 for the 49ers. Interceptions, three for Barron, three for LaMarcus Joyner. And for the 49ers, they have three players tied at two. The overall series, Rams versus 49ers. The 49ers lead this series 68-65-3. and three. The last time the two teams played earlier this year on Thursday at the Color Rush game. Remember that? Yep. Oh, boy, that was fun. Rams 41-39 winners in that game. The largest margin of victory for the Rams in the series history was a 56-9 shellacking back in 1958. And I remember this game, and I know you do too. It was one of the, ugh, I remember this game. The 49ers' largest winning margin against the Rams, 48 nothing back in December of 1987. I remember that. Oh, gosh. Yep. Current streak, the Rams won the most recent game. Their longest winning streak in this series history was 10 games for the Rams. 1970-1975, the 49ers' longest streak, 17 games back in 1990-1999. Most points for the Rams was 56. Most points for the 49ers, 48. Okay. That's the inside of this series was once one of the best rivalries in all the NFL. Are we on our way back there now? Well, the NFC West is going to be tough, period. If the 49ers keep playing like they have been with Garoppolo and they keep improving, which I think they will, and the Cardinals are obviously going to improve. They've got some questions at quarterback and things like that. And then, of course, you've got the Seahawks. So I think we're obviously going to be one of the toughest divisions in football. And I think that this rivalry is going to get back to where it used to be, uh, especially with the Rams being back in L.A. So this game, though, uh, it's it's really hard to really call anything because I think you probably won't see Todd Gurley at all. And if Lance Dunbar is healthy, you'll probably see a big dose of Malcolm Brown and Lance Dunbar. And uh, the 49ers are hungry. They want to keep showing their stuff. They're going to come out and play hard. And, uh, you know, with depending on how many starters play, because you can't sit all of them. Some of them are going to have to play. And so we, we really don't know, you know, who's going to be out there and who's not. Uh, but it's pretty safe to say that I don't think we'll see much of much or, or any of Jared Goff, and I don't think we'll see any of Todd Gurley, and probably none of Robert Woods. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't have a clue on even, you know, how to call this game score-wise. I'm probably just going to say that the 49ers probably win by a field goal just because of the fact that the Rams are going to be setting out their starters. We're talking about a 49ers team that in the last two weeks has beaten the Titans, and they really did beat up on the on the Jaguars pretty pretty handily, actually. The game was, in the end, a little closer than what it could have been. The 49ers are hot, and they are really becoming a solid team at the wrong part of the year. They should have been, if 
you know, if they had been this team early in the year, we might be talking about them and the and the Rams playing for a playoff spot. This team is getting good, and they're getting good fast. They're young. They are hungry. If they go get a couple more playmakers in the offseason, especially on offense and with a couple on defense, they are going to be a team to reckon with in the NFC West, NFC West with the Rams. You know, that's why if the Rams sit their starters, I don't think it's a field goal game. I think it's a 10-point game or more. The 49ers are a better team than anybody thought they would be at this point in the year. And if the Rams don't play their starters, especially their playmakers, it's going to be basically the first team of the 49ers playing against the Rams preseason starters. I mean, that's just that, that's not a recipe for it being a close game. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But it'll be disappointing for us personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I. You know, I've, I've never been to a Rams home game where they've won. You know that? That's uh. Well, then you you probably need to stay home. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Every Rams home game I've been to, they've lost. Every single one. Well, I've been to home games where they've won uh, in both Los Angeles and in St. Louis. I've also been in Seattle when they've won. So uh, hopefully I can counteract your your bad juju there. Uh, again, we, we don't know... You can't, I mean, even if you sat all your players and brought all your practice squad people up, I still don't think you can sit every starter. So it, you're, you're going to see some starters. I'm sure McVeigh would like to keep it close and would, would rather have a win than a loss, even though sitting as starters is more important. You know, we do have the X factor with Wade Phillips back there who, you know, could draw up some some really crazy stuff and do some really crazy blitzes and put a lot of pressure on Garoppolo. And, you know, his numbers, even though they've been winning, if you look at the the game against Jacksonville, Garoppolo went 21 for 30, so he only had nine incompletions, which is good, but he only had 242 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. It's not that, that wow game. And they had, you know, 131 yards rushing, but it was between three players that got that so even though they won and they won pretty big their numbers aren't hugely impressive so if we don't go out there and turn the ball over and and play pretty decent defense it could be a close game so we'll see i mean it's a flip of the coin it's a it's a guessing game it's not like we can go out there and 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 really predict how this game's going to go like we normally would and even when we know what's going on it's still hard to predict and this game being a rivalry game you just never know so I'm going to hope for the best, but, you know, it, it's probably not going to work out too well for the Rams. Probably not, but, you know, it's okay. It's it's a bummer in a lot of ways that we'll miss the starters. We've already talked about that. But the cool thing is, is they earn the right to sit them. Yep. You know, we they earn the right to sit them. And if, we, if these – let's put it this way. If the Rams go in as a four seed, and let's say they win that game as a four seed, they'll go to Philadelphia. And I like their chance against Philadelphia. Me too. I do. I I, they're, I think they're a better matchup for Philadelphia than they are Minnesota. Minnesota will give them some problems. We already saw that this year. They're a better matchup against Philadelphia. And this could be a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. I cannot poo-poo McVay making a decision either way. If he plays the stars, then great. You're, you're getting these guys more reps. You're giving them a chance to shine and giving them a chance to clinch, you know, like, for example, giving Gurley a chance to win the league rushing title, which he might not now. You are solidifying, trying to solidify your, your seating. There's nothing wrong with making the decision to play your starters, but there's nothing wrong with saying them either. 
if it is for the benefit of your team, if it's for the benefit of the team's future, they've earned the right to make that call. So I can't begrudge them of that. I can't. I'd really like to see them play the starters for a series or two like they would in preseason. Give Gurley the chance to get the rushing title and maybe break some of these these all-time rushing record type things where he could be fourth or fifth and you know surpass Marshall Falk. He kind of deserves that. And I would like to have him play just so they continue to be in game shape and not have two weeks off like in a bye. Sometimes a team comes back and... You know, they don't play so well. So it wouldn't hurt my feelings, especially because I'm attending the game, to see Goff and, and the starters in for a series or two or some kind of hodgepodge mix of, of all of them together. And I still think that, like you know, like I said, you can't sit every starter uh, throughout the entire game. So there's going to be some interesting things that happen. But I'm with you. If, if, they, if they end up, you know, like we talked about in the playoff scenario and, we end up playing Carolina and go beat them. We got Philly, and I like our chances against Philly. And uh, but but you're absolutely right in the fact that they earned the they earned the right to be in this position. It's a better position to be in than wondering what we're going to do for next year and not having a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that any day of the week, and uh, we'll just spend some time celebrating while we're down there and enjoy the fact that uh, that we're in the playoffs. One thing I would like to see, just kind of as a hat nod to the fans and to the people who have had faith in this team all the way through, it would be nice to see this team play at least one or two series on, you know, on both offense and defense, the stars out there, just so we can give them applause when they leave the field. So yeah. we can thank the, you know, these guys. Uh, I know they get paid big money to start job, but we're still fans, and it's still nice to have that connection there to be able to say to them, hey, you know what? You made some of our dreams come true this year. That's from fans to the team. Thank you very much. And it would be nice to give them that send-off. I agree, 100%. All right. So we are shutting down the shop. We're going to get all of our stuff packed up. We're going to catch a flight out to Los Angeles. We'll be there for the game on Sunday night. Look for us all in our Rams Talk gear with T-shirts, our little cup holders. Look for us. We're wearing the Rams Talk polos. We'll be asking trivia questions. Again, look for us. In the meantime, please head on over to iTunes. Give us that beautiful five-star review. It will enter you into a contest to gain access to a wonderful gift certificate for NFLShop.com. Also, we're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Apollo. We'll see you Sunday. Adios. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the rafters? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.